The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. We're going to be talking about how you get out of the game today. And some of the questions you might want to start with are things like this. Do you find yourself doing all manner of things you don't really want to do? Do you often hear yourself saying, I have to? Do you find yourself having fantasies of saying what you've always wanted to say to someone who gets your goat just about every time you see them? Do you look back on your yesterdays thinking of the many times when you've been used and or abused by others? Well, you can get out of the game anytime you want. Really, you say. But you don't know my mother or my father or husband or wife or son or daughter or whomever. You don't know how hard it is for me. Or you might try saying the most fatalistic of all excuses. That's easier said than done with a vacuous sigh that heaves responsibility back out onto the world. But really, you can. You can get out of the game anytime you want. How? Well, that's what we'll be talking about today. So stay right here for it. We don't even imagine that we can say and do what we want without feeling somehow wrong or helpless before the enormity of it. The very concept of doing what we want is one that we eliminate before it even comes out of our mouth because we consider it to be selfish or we consider it to be impossible. We can't do what we want. Who gets to do what they want? Oh, wait, wait. All those people we idolize in Hollywood, right? They get to do what they want because they have the big bucks and they have, you know, the time and the energy and the whatever to buy whatever they want anytime they want to. So they get to have what they want. And that's why we idolize them so. And that's why we follow the rich and famous everywhere they go with the paparazzi and the magazines and the all this money and time and energy we spend looking at what they do and say and think. Why do we do that? Because we want to be just like them. We want to be able to do what we want too, right? So why can't we? Why do they get to and we don't? Well, the first answer is money gets what money pays for. That's generally what we think. That was the world run by money, right? And it's really interesting, this thing about money, because... And you, when you, we are the only species on planet Earth that needs money to survive. All the other species are doing just fine without it. But we have decided that money is the way we're going to survive. So that paradigm bodes the question, is that really the truth? Is that really how people get what they want? Well, certainly, as long as the econ- economics are what they are, we're going we're gonna to use money and we're going to trade a loaf of bread for a couple of bucks and and you know we're going to do that because that's what we've decided to do we could change that anytime we want to i mean you know we could decide that uh 
healthcare would be free, education would be free, um, that people could go to the doctor and, and, and get their, their needs taken care of in terms of education and employment, however they need to, free. We could decide that. Other countries have. We could do that too. Oh, that's a start. But, you know, getting out of the money game is one part of the game. And it's, it's a, whole, a whole show in itself. We're going to talk more about getting out of the psychological game that the idea of being wrong or being helpless creates for us. So let's, let's start with the first question first. Do you find yourself doing all minor things that you don't really want to do? Most of us would say, yeah, we go to work, we don't like our jobs, we, don't, we have to talk to people we don't want to talk to, we, we, we need to be polite to people, we need to, uh, uh, you know, uh, honor the traffic signals, and we, 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 we'd like to just get on a plane and fly to work and not have any interruptions. Uh, yeah, we, we do all kinds of things that we don't really want to do. Now, we could ask this why. We could ask this in terms of why, or we could ask this in terms of what. So why do we do that? Well, we do that because we believe that's what we have to do, which is the next question. Do you often hear yourself saying, I have to. I have to go to work. I have to pay the bills. I have to, you know, answer to the man. I have to do what my boss says. I have to get this done by the deadline. I have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. And that's how we live. And we wonder why we're stressed out all the time. The truth is we don't have to do anything ever, ever. We don't have to do anything ever. Now, there may be consequences to those choices that we make. To not go to work, for example, or to not, uh, uh, to not do what the boss tells us to do. Uh, there may be consequences to those choices. But if we go at it consciously instead of impulsively, and start really asking ourselves slowly, deliberately, consciously asking ourselves, what is it that I'm doing with my everydays that I think I have to do, that I don't really want to do? We might be able to, to resolve some of those internal conflicts in a way that actually gets us to do more and more of what we want to do. So that we're living not on money, although we may have money, we won't live on money, we will live on desire. Now, that's a concept that is just like pie in the sky to most of us. And the fact that it's even coming out of my mouth, there's a part of me that wants to go, wait a minute, Andrea. But the truth is, like Joseph Campbell said, if we follow our bliss, the money will follow. And the money only follows because that's what we've decided that we have to have to live on planet Earth. Once upon a time, Native Americans lived in this very same land we're living on, and they didn't use money. They had some bargains. They had some ways of trading with each other, but they didn't use money at all, and they survived. They had a, a religious culture, a spiritual culture. They had a, a, a culture of love and family and, and uh, warmth and uh, real uh, camaraderie with, the, with their members of their tribes. Yes, there were sometimes wars between the tribes, um, but... By and large, they learned how to survive on the land without the use of money. So again, we come back to the question, do we really have to have money? Well, you're going to answer yes, because that's how our economy works, and, and, and it does. It absolutely does. But do we have to live on money without desire? Can we also have our desires fulfilled? 
can we also begin to live from something other than I just have to do it because that's how people survive? I can't tell you over the years, I've been in the mental health business for over 30 years now, and I can't tell you how many people I've worked with over the years who just absolutely despise the jobs they go to every day. But they go because they think they have to. And they think there's no other option. They don't even consider the possibility or even let themselves go to imagine the possibility that there would be something else for them out there that's more meaningful to them, that's more um, honest about who they are. So they're not manipulating the world to survive. They're not being manipulated by the world to survive. They're, they're staying alive. They're thriving on something different than survival. Um, and that, that piece is just really hard for many of us. We've got our minds locked into, well, this is just what you got to do. And so we have outrageous alcoholism rates and drug addiction rates because people are bored with their lives. They're living meaningless lives, doing what they hate, doing what they think they have to do and hate. And, and it's, it's making us sick. And yet we keep doing it because we're afraid that if we stop, we won't have money and we won't survive. But what if, just for a minute, you could allow yourself to imagine that you could do what you love and survive? Both. Not either or. Not do what you love or survive. Do what you love and survive. And maybe even do more than survive. Maybe even thrive. If you could imagine that, ask yourself this question. What if I could, if money was no object and I had all the time in the world, what would I like to be doing with my every days? Now, some of you are going to answer first that you would like to sleep. (laughs) Okay, so after you've slept for a while, then what? How to make your life meaningful? Because sleep, yeah, it's nice. We need it. But it's not the end all and be all. And eventually, you're going to get bored with that. So what's next? What would you like to do? What kinds of things do you enjoy? What, what, What are your hobbies that you could turn into an avocation or a vocation? What... What kind of, uh, you know, when we get to thinking about this, when I'm in therapy with someone and we get to really creatively thinking about this, people will say, well, I like to read books. Well, you know, you could possibly read books in a couple of ways by, and get paid for it. One of those is proofreading. Another one is, is um, being a, a literary agent. You could read books and, and agent people's books and get paid 15% of all their book sales. Of course, you have to get to know some publishers. You have to have that, that piece there, too. But, you know, there's ways that we could say, you know, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge this. I'm going to see what I can do with this. I know somebody who reads books that uh, spends a lot of her time in the library because that's what she loves. And book reading is a part of that. So there's a lot of ways to, to, uh, to put together what you love with what's possible in the world. Back in the 1920s, I believe it actually came out earlier than that, the occupational book of, of uh, a, t- a book of occupational titles came out and there was a limited number of occupational tit- titles available. Since that time, that's expanded and expanded and expanded, but it could expand much more. I mean, we don't have to have already, there doesn't have to be an already established niche for us to find a job doing what we love doing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a job that is one that we, that fits into the paradigm of eight to five or fits into the paradigm of a shift, or fits into the paradigm of even working for someone else. It might be something you could do all by yourself, on your own, or hire your own employees. 
There's all kinds of possibilities out there if you're willing to do this thing. Take responsibility for your life. See, that's the missing piece, is that we're not taking responsibility for our lives. Now, I'm not talking about that, uh, that schema that's out there politically right now where people are accusing people of not taking responsibility for their lives and depending on the government to do that for them. I believe that the, there are many people struggling out there because our, economic, our economy is just really messed up. But uh, without getting into all the politics of that, what I want to say is we're not a nation of lazy people that don't want to do anything. We're definitely not that. We're a nation of hardworking, overworking people who are struggling to, to make ends meet. That's, that's true for most of us. What isn't true for most of us, however, is that we're doing it with joy. We're not, we're not taking responsibility for our own spiritual and psychological well-being by doing what we love with joy and earning some money doing it. We're not doing that. And that's just one of many examples. How many other things? We've talked about jobs for the past five, six minutes, but how many other things do we do all day, every day that we think we have to do that we don't really have to do? Like, you know, talk to people we don't really want to spend any time with where our, our intuition is going, no, this person is trouble, this person is dangerous, this person is abusive, this person is not somebody I need to spend one nickel of my time on, and yet we feel like we have to talk to them because we might hurt their feelings if we don't talk to them. Um, we, we feel like we have to uh, be polite. That word polite is so far away from real true compassion. But we feel that we have to be polite. Certainly we have to be, there is a kind of social ethic that we are responsive and responsible for, but that doesn't mean there are any have-tos in there. Uh, but if it needs to come from something genuine inside of us. So where do we get to put the boundaries in our lives? Where do we allow those to be? And can we truly allow ourselves to take responsibility for those boundaries and just let them be where they seem most natural? Most of us haven't been taught about boundaries. Most of us have been taught that other people have a right to us no matter what we feel or what we think. Other people are more important than what we think and what we feel, and so we should just give them what they want. And nobody sat down and said those words to us. Uh, in fact, many people were also saying that, you know, be yourself, be yourself. But when it came down to it, they really meant don't be yourself, be what everybody needs you to be. And that's, and that's sort of the double message that many of us got as we were growing up, that we got taught by well-meaning adults, be yourself, just be yourself. But then when it came down to it, and there was some kind of social issue or some, something that needed to be addressed, it was, no, don't be yourself. Go do what you need to do to please people, to make them be okay. Because we have a fear that if we're not pleasing people, not only will they reject us emotionally and psychologically, but they will reject us financially, and somehow our reputation will be diminished, and we will therefore not be able to get jobs, employment, and eventually we'll die of this. That's how far we take this, way back in the caverns of our archetypal memories in the unconscious. We take it all the way down to, I won't, this is going to kill me. And so there's a great deal of fear coming up from the unconscious, like like a uh, some noxious smell coming up out of a well that that just floods over our, our memory banks and doesn't allow us to believe that it's possible for us to really just be true to who we are. But we can. We can draw the boundaries where we need them to be. And whatever people think about that, they're going to think about that. 
I have had uh, people in my life uh, tell me that they thought it was rude of me to lay a boundary where I, <laughs> where I thought it ought to be. And there was no rudeness. There was no ugliness whatsoever. It was just this is my boundary and this is where it's got to be. Uh, but other people were not used to that. They weren't used to being be, uh, me laying down a boundary or anybody else laying down a boundary. They were used to getting their way. And so I was being rude because I wasn't, I wasn't doing what they expected me to do. And so there will be some people who will not like what you do if you, if you are true to yourself. There will be people who will criticize you and to tell you that, you know, you're being wrong for being that way. But it isn't wrong to lay down an honest boundary where it honestly calls us to lay it. Uh, and it, and so when, when we get those, those, um, sort of, that sort of negative feedback from doing what is really genuine inside of us, then we have that other question to ask ourselves, how much of me am I going to give to this? How much of me am I going to give to defending myself against what somebody else thinks? And one of the perks of growing older is that we begin to care less and less about what other people think. We got taught when we were little to care a great deal about that. But over time, and, and the satisfaction of knowing that you can actually take care of yourself, you begin to go, yeah, that doesn't really matter so much anymore. And it's just sort of a natural process. It just doesn't matter so much anymore. So when we're thinking about this whole thing of what we have to do and what we don't have to do, there's some real honest questions we need to ask ourselves, such as, how much do I care what, how much am I going to invest in caring about what somebody else thinks of me? What am I willing to uh, compromise, genuinely compromise? What am I willing to leave behind? What am I willing to say no to? And what am I willing to say yes to? What do I truly love to have in my life? And what do I really just tolerate that I really don't want in my life anymore? And I'm, I'm just playing like I do, pretending that I do. If we ask those kinds of genuine, honest-to-God questions, we get out of the game because there's so much that's happening in our world every day that is absolutely a game. It's a social game that we play, a social, financial, economic, survival game that we're playing that says, if you do what society says you're supposed to do, then you get to survive in all kinds of ways, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, economically, etc., etc. And if you don't, then you don't get to be one of us and therefore you will not survive. And that's how it's been played for centuries. But slowly over time, people are beginning to understand that really I'm responsible for my well-being. The social world is not. And I don't have to manipulate the social world or be manipulated by the social world in order to live or even thrive. And it's that kind of detachment that's beginning to help people understand what true responsibility really means. That it doesn't mean, you know, odious duty and, uh, you know, heinous obligation. It means being true to who you are, standing inside yourself and saying, this is where I have to stand because this is really me. This is genuine inside of me, and I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to honor it. I'm not going to betray myself to go please the social ethic. So that's a start for our conversation today. There's much more. You want to stay here for the whole thing. Be right back. The 
Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's a new year and a new you emerging. Join Dr. Judith Long on The Eye of the Needle Show each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Long features your call-ins and emails to her that emphasize healing and new information about personal transformation and ascension. You have your own unique gift, and it's something that only you can do in your own particular way. Explore that gift. Be all that you can be. The Eye of the Needle with Dr. Judith Long airs live Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by Super Soul Sunday. And this week, Oscar-winning producer Brian Grazer is going to talk with Oprah on the power of curiosity. Uh, that's this Sunday, April the 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific on OWN. Oprah's going to sit down with prolific film and television producer Brian Grazer for a conversation about expanding our curiosity, a trait he attributes to his success and says should be as much a part of our culture as creativity and innovation. In the conversation, Oprah and Brian discuss what he calls curiosity conversations, a decision he made early on in his career that he would seek out conversations with interesting people he was curious about and how we all can benefit from this practice of stepping outside our comfort zone. Brian co-founded the film and television production company Imagine Entertainment with Ron Howard in 1986, won Best Picture Academy Award for A Beautiful Mind in 2002, and was named one of Times Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World in 2007. Oprah and he are also going to discuss his recent book, A Curious Mind, The Secret to a Bigger Life. And he's also going to share some tips on how to optimize your curiosity in order to live a more satisfying, connected, and soulful life. That might fit right in with what we're talking about today on our show. So you want to be there for that this coming Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific. And the Authentic Show is, Living Show is also sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. AIHT offers degrees in interfaith and interspiritual educational programs that enable you to not only find your own authentic spirituality, but bring your unique gift to the world in service upon graduation. At AIHT, you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree, and the doctoral programs are broken down so that you can get a Ph.D., a doctor of ministry, or in the holistic theology program, 
a Doctor of Theology degree. The programs in which you may get these degrees are Holistic Theology, Holistic Health, Holistic Ministries, Metaphysics, and Parapsychology. These courses offer depth and meaning to not only your spiritual search for truth and meaning, but to your capacities to bring your healing, loving, guiding gifts to the world. The population of students includes doctors, lawyers, healers, nurses, ministers, counselors, psychologists, social workers, nutritionists, herbologists, homeopathy practitioners, psychics, mediums, and many others who have a special gift but need to learn to hone it and to credential it. It also includes students who simply wish to enhance their own profound spiritual journeys. What's most important to AIHT's models is the exploratory nature of studies that reaches to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality by utilizing, as your text-writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world. You can learn more about what's offered by going to www.aiht.edu or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. Speaking of passports, one of the best passports we have in life, psychologically and spiritually, is to take responsibility for our own lives. And that's what we're talking about today, how to get out of the game, the game that tells us that we're not allowed to do what we want to do and we always have to do what we have to do. That's part of the game. That's what we spent the first segment of the show talking about. But let's talk a little bit more about this social, the social issue of saying what we really think is true. At the beginning of the show, I said, do you find yourself having fantasies of saying what you always wanted to say to someone who gets your goat just about every time you see them? We see this on sitcoms all the time, that, that somebody runs into somebody that says something sarcastically insulting every time they meet them, and you're just paralyzed. You just can't think of what to say back. And you just stand there, and you take it, and then 10 minutes later, you're going, I should have said so-and-so and so-and-so. You know, I should have come back with some kind of really... A smart little sarcastic barb that got them in their goat and then they wouldn't have done that to me anymore but they would have they would come back next week with something even worse so what is it that we can do about people those difficult kind of people in our lives do we get to say what we really think is true with them absolutely absolutely that doesn't mean you go curse them out or that you are um, t- defensive every time you're in their company or that you spend a lot of time and energy trying to figure out how to get them back because that's just a waste of energy. But you can put your boundaries where you need them to be. One of the things we used to say to our kids, I bet all of you who are parents have said this at one time or another to your kids is, when they see that they bother you, they're going to keep doing it harder. So don't let them know that they bother you. Well, that's really an ingenuous way of doing it. I said it to my kids too, way back when. That was many, many years ago, and I had not evolved as much as I have today. But the truth is that it's not about pretense. It's about laying your boundaries where you need them to be. If you don't want to spend much time or energy with a certain somebody, don't. Just don't. And when people question you why you're doing that, well, you have the right to say, this is what I choose to do with my time and energy. You're not obligated to other people to make them happy, to not hurt their feelings, uh, to make sure that they think you're an okay person. You're not obligated to people for that. We think we are, but we're absolutely not. So let's spend a little time talking about that. Let's start first with the, uh oh, I might hurt somebody's feelings, because that's a biggie. 
I can't even say how many times I've worked with clients on this very issue of I'm going to hurt their feelings if I tell them the truth. Even though that person has hurt their feelings over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and done worse than that, stolen their money, abused them physically, mentally, emotionally, or verbally, you know, all kinds of things that other person has done to them. But I'm a nice person. I'm a kind person. I don't hurt people's feelings, so I'm, got, I'm not going to say anything or do anything that might hurt their feelings. So what that means is that I'm taking responsibility for their feelings and I'm not taking responsibility for my own. And that is the only thing it means. It does not mean anything about how good your character is or how uh, smart or how uh, overwhelming this other person is or how victimized you feel. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's this thing, this thing only. I am choosing to not take responsibility for my life. Instead, I'm going to take responsibility for your life. That's all that's about. Because here's the deal. We have no power, zero, less than zero, negative integers. We have no power over anyone else's feelings. We cannot, do not have the power to hurt someone's feelings. Did you hear that? We cannot, do not have the power to hurt someone's feelings. Someone's feelings belong to them. They may respond with great joy, they may respond with intense anger, they may respond with terrible sorrow, but all of those responses belong 100% to them. I am responsible for what I do and what I say. I am not responsible for how someone else feels about it. I'm going to say that again. I am responsible for what I do and what I say. I am not responsible for how somebody else feels about it. That's their job, not my job. So my job is to be as genuine as I can be in my interactions with other people. Now, that doesn't mean that I walk up to Sally and say, that's the ugliest dress I've ever seen in my life. What, what were you thinking this morning? That doesn't mean that. It means that I might be able to, to if Sally were to ask me, I might be able to say something like, do you want honest feedback? Well, that's not my favorite dress on you. That's how you could say that. But only if she really asks. Otherwise, it's none of your business what she's wearing. She might feel like she's looks like Marilyn Monroe in that dress. And fine, that's, that's how she feels great. If you don't like looking at it, don't look at it. That's where our, our, our privileges stop is where we begin. We are responsible for what we do, what we say, what we think, what we feel. We're not responsible for what somebody else thinks, says, does, and feels. And so it, it does mean, however, that I can be honest in a particular engagement. If somebody were to ask me, well, would you like to go to the movies tonight? And I had it all planned to stay home and, you know, veg out in front of the TV. Well, then what am I going to do? Am I going to feel obligated to go with them because they've asked and I don't want to hurt their feelings? Or am I going to go home and veg out in front of the TV? And then it's how do you say it? You say, you know what? Can I get a rain check? I'd like to just stay home tonight. I'm really pooped out and I just had this fantasy in my head. I was going to go home and veg out in front of the TV. Then they might say, well, can I come join you? Then we're stuck again, aren't we? We feel like, oh, no, I'm going to hurt their feelings. I can't say that I just want to be by myself and veg out in front of the TV. Yes, you can. You can say, you know, this is a this is a me time night. This is a time when I just really need to be by myself. I hope you can understand that. And if they can't, they can't. That's on them. That's on them. It's not on you. So 
this whole thing of we've, we've got it just exactly backwards of we take responsibility for how other people feel and we take zero responsibility for how we feel. I heard this uh, uh, sort of mythological uh, story one time many, many years ago that the definition of hell was people walking around with arms that were straight and they couldn't bend their arms and at the tips of their fingers were prongs of a fork and they could feed each other but they couldn't feed themselves. Well, that's a pretty handy definition and we're living in hell (laughs) most of the time because that's what most of us are doing. Many of us are doing that. We're walking around every day trying to take care of everybody else and not taking care of ourselves and that is the definition of hell. So who's going to take care of us if we're not taking care of ourselves? Oh, wait, that's supposed to be their job, right? They're supposed to take care of you. And then when they don't, we're so upset with them because they didn't, right? We waited for them to take care of us. We've been taking care of them. We've been doing all this good stuff for them. How come they're not doing anything good for us? Do do they just not care about us? No. They've got you feeding them. Why should they worry about anything else? You've taken care of them. You know, why aren't they like you? Because they're not like you. Every, you know, everybody's got their own role. Some people play the caretaker role. Some people play the play the care uh, the caregetter role. But whichever role we find ourselves in, we can't expect that we're we're going to people our worlds with people who will do for us what we do for them necessarily. Especially if we've got ourselves assigned to this rigid uh, uh, caricature of I'm the one who's always good to other people and I'm always taking care of them. That. That means that we're going to be stuck in that role and we're probably going to people our world with people who need to be taken care of because that's how we prop up our role. We prop up our role by doing what the role requires us to do. And the role requires that I am uh, a caregiver. So I give care to other people and I take responsibility for what they need and I don't think about myself ever. Because if I think about myself, then I get on pity pot because I'm wondering why it is that nobody ever takes care of me. (laughs) So that's a role. It's a caricature and it's not going to work. But many of us don't go that far into it. Many of us just have this belief that it's wrong for us to say what we really feel because if we say what we really feel, we might hurt somebody's feelings. That's how we end up looking back at our yesterdays, thinking of all the many times we've been used and abused by others. But guess what? I I did another show on this another time, and you can go back and find it if you want. But here's the deal. He who manipulates is also being manipulated and who who is being manipulated is also manipulating there's always two people in that game you can't manipulate me unless I've got some investment you can use and I can't manipulate you unless you've got some investment I can use so if I want to get you to do something for me and I can push the right button you'll probably do it for me because you feel bad you feel guilty you feel uh, afraid I'll leave you or something and so you'll do it for me and But I've got some investment in that, too. I've, my investment is that I need you to do that thing for me. In the, in the same way, if I'm, for example, the, uh, the mother or father or sister or brother or relative of some type of, of somebody who's an addict and who needs to manipulate for me for money, my agenda is, oh, my gosh, they might go get money some other way or they might you know, not love me or I might hurt their feelings or they might think I don't love them. My agenda is somewhere in there and that's why I give them money. And they know it and they use it. Okay, so there's always two in that game. There's never just one person in the game of manipulation. And that game of manipulation is all we do. 
in the social world most of the time. We're manipulating other people, and they're manipulating us so that everybody can get what they want. And that is the definition of hell. (laughs) Because people aren't doing what they really want. They're not taking responsibility for what they really love. They're just playing the game. And if you, you can get out of the game by beginning to use the R word. I am responsible for my happiness. I am responsible for how much I feel loved. I am responsible for creating relationships in my life that meet my needs. I am responsible for my monetary, my physical, my mental, my uh, emotional and spiritual well-being. I, I, I am responsible for that. Nobody else is responsible for that. So that means that I don't get the the luxury of being able to say, well, geez, if the economy was just better, everything would be all right. Well, how am I voting? What am I doing about the, the global problems of the world? Well, I'm doing all I can do. Then I then that's all you can do. Then I'll then you have to let then there's a letting go process that comes about as a result of knowing you really have done all you can do. So when we when we uh, when we live in this sort of constraint of I I am waiting for other people to take care of me or I'm taking care of other people or then I'm going to get used and abused. People are going to use me. People are going to abuse me. And I'm going to look back on all my yesterdays and I'm going to say, how come that keeps happening to me? Well, it keeps happening to you because you keep choosing it. <laughs> if you if you can sort of get conscious about what your choices really are about and what agendas are going on behind those choices, then you can learn to stop doing that. So if I'm constantly marrying people who abuse me, What's that about? Well, maybe it's because I came from a a home where abuse was constant, and I think that's all there is. Okay, well, let me take responsibility for that, and let me let me look at and have some self empathy for the the little child I was growing up then, who learned that that was all there was. Let me really start taking care of that little child inside of me, and as I do that, I will begin to draw boundaries where they need to be drawn, because that little child will tell me to do so. She will come up. He will come up and say. Listen, this is not going to work because you're fixing to get abused again. Don't do that to me. Please don't do that to me. You see, most of our actions, most of our actions, unfortunately, are actions of self-betrayal. They are not actions of self-love. They are not actions of personal responsibility. They are not actions in which we can clearly own what's ours. They are actions of self-betrayal. And as long as we keep doing that, self goes on the back burner and then we don't really have what we want in our lives. Okay, so that's it for this one, this segment. We're going to be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about those excuses we make and how we can begin to stop making those. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. What is spiritual spelunking? It's basically an exploration of the truth, our own unique truth. Every single person in the world has a reason to be here. Although we are told many things, it's ultimately up to us to figure it all out. The search continues throughout our entire lives. Join host Giles Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on this journey. 
Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. So if it's really true that we can take responsibility for our own lives and become happy people, then why don't we do that? Well, most of the time it's because we're making excuses. One of the best that I know is, well, you just don't know my mother or my father or my husband, my wife, my daughter, my son, my whoever is manipulating us the most. Uh, you just don't know them. They're sneaky and conniving, and I just don't seem to have the power to get past them. And they're just, you know, uh-uh. you, you just don't know them. You just don't know how hard it is to come up against them. Well, I'm sure that I don't. You're right. I don't know how hard it is to come up against them. But uh, I do know that it's not about coming up against them. I know that it's about coming up against yourself. It's about looking at at yourself in the mirror, asking yourself what you really want, and deciding whether or not you're going to go after it. And if you're not going to go after it, then stay there and keep making excuses about how somebody else has power over your life. But if you're going to do it, then go do it. And take responsibility for everything that comes with it. And that's the deal. That's just the deal. So what comes with your choices is, I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be honest with myself and with other people. And I'm going to take responsibility for my own happiness. So what is it that I want? Let me see if I can start designing a path to go get it. Will I run into walls? You betcha. You will. Will I run into people who don't want me to have what I want? You betcha. Yes, you will. Do you want to let them have control over that after that? It's your choice. You're responsible for that choice. And that's what we mean by taking responsibility for your life. That when you say, my mother, my father, my husband, my wife, my sister, my brother, my whoever, has all the, you know, all the poker chips. That they have all the cards. They have all the aces. They have all the kings. They have all the whatevers. I, what we're saying is, they have all the power. Well, here's the deal. Who 
gave it to them. You did. If you're making all the choices that they need you to make, you're giving them all the power. And that's your choice. You can keep doing that if that's what you want to do. Or you can do something different. The choice belongs to you. And that's just not something we want to know. We want somebody outside of us, some external somebody, to just slurp us up into some kind of amniotic fluid so that we can just be fed without having to do anything about it and everything will just be fine after that. We won't ever have any fears. We won't ever have any, uh, you know, bad things happen to us. We'll just always be in this nice little womb and everything will be all taken care of. All of us on some level want that. I want it. You want it. We all want it. But it ain't going to happen in one sense. In another sense, we are in the womb of the divine. We are constantly being taken care of uh, by the divine. And yet, that means that in order for us to really facilitate that and make it real, we have to put our real feet on the real ground and test it out. I've tested it out several times in my life, and I've found over and over again, no matter how afraid I get, I'm going to be taken care of. And so far, that's been working for me. If that ever changes, I'll let you know. So the thing is, then we, we, in order for us to really activate that principle that we're being taken care of, we have to take responsibility for our lives. We can't wait for other people to do it or other circumstances to do it. We have to trust the divine within us to do it once we put our feet on the ground and say, okay, I'm walking. Let's see what happens now. So that, that given power to somebody else is something we all do, and we, if we can catch ourselves in the act of it, it's one of the best things we can ever do for ourselves. Another excuse we make is, is uh, you don't know how hard it is. Uh, one way to say that, is, as, as the way I said it in the beginning of the show, we, we try the most fatalistic excuses. That's easier said than done. Can't tell you how many times people have sat on the sofa in my office and said to me, well, that's easier said than done, Andrea. Well, of course it is. Everything is easier said than done. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Anything can be said. It's a little harder to do. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. And people say to me, well, that's really hard. Like, that's a reason why you shouldn't have to do it. <laughs> it's, it's a real interesting uh, kind of thing. It's like once you say the words, it's hard, you don't have to do it. It's hard. So therefore, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to do that. Well, of course it's hard. It's hard because we're not used to it. It's hard because it's different. It's hard because we have never taken responsibility for our lives before. We've waited around for centuries waiting for somebody else to do that. And is that working for you? Is that getting you what you need? Probably not. So the answer then is to, to, to begin to say to yourself, okay, it is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. But... This is what I really, truly want to do, and so I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to take the consequences, and I'm going to be part of it and see what comes. And once we do that, once we put our feet on the ground in that way and say, okay, I'm taking responsibility for this, that's when we've activated that divine principle inside of us that comes up and goes, okay, now that you're really in your life, I can do something about it. But as long as you're not really in your life, I can't do anything about it. You've blocked me out of the way. And that's the, way, that's the reason why people talk about the law of attraction when it works is because we've actually put feet to what we said we wanted. 
We didn't sit around and wait for it to come to us, like so many say that the law of attraction is supposed to work that way. It's we're just supposed to build our little vision boards and then sit, you know, and meditate, and it's just going to drop in your lap. I've known some people who literally said to me, you know, it's supposed to drop in your lap. If it doesn't drop in your lap, it's not really God's will. I've heard people literally say that to me, and. They ended up with miserable lives, living lives they did not want to live because they wouldn't make the choices to do the things that were necessary to have what they really wanted. Sometimes, in some cases, things were literally offered to them. I knew somebody many years ago who who was literally offered a contract to do backup singing for a really big singer and told the person who offered them the contract, I don't do backup, thinking that they were doing a really smart thing by saying that. Because they were going, something was going to drop in their lap that was going to be not. It was going to be a lead singing job. They would never have to do backup because I'm above all that. And they ended up not ever doing any singing. And that that those choices that come our way are opportunities for us to say, okay, I'm going to put my feet on the ground now. I'm going to take this risk. I'm going to go after this and see what I can build it into. You know, maybe I, I would really rather do lead than backup. But okay, I'm going to do backup and see where it goes. See where it takes me maybe it'll take me to a lead position here's a path let me try it Um, so we 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 shut out many of the opportunities that come our way based on fear and based on some real magical thinking that says the gods are supposed to give me what i want without me having to work for it and that's that's really truly magical thinking whether you call it the law of attraction or whether you call it god or whether you call it uh you know some kind of uh fatalistic philosophy it is it is magical thinking the magical thinking says i won't really have to participate in my life to have a life and it doesn't work that way in order to have a life you have to participate in your life and that means putting your feet on the ground and walking into your life taking all the risks that are necessary to have what you want that's how people begin to live really really live you hear these stories about people who started off in hollywood as a waitress and uh you know managed to go to audition after audition after audition until they finally got into some kind of acting job that they really wanted and it took off from there. That doesn't happen for everybody. But to not take the risk to do it, if that's something you really, really love, is to miss out on that opportunity. And here's the thing. What I find to be true is that once you start off on a path that feels genuinely right to you and it might not really work out like you want it to, it turns out that there's something even better that does come your way, that, that really is facilitates your uh, meaningful existence for you and fulfills you in ways that that other thing couldn't. So when we, when we say, well, I'm not going to take any path till it is the absolute right one, like the, the person I knew who said, I don't do backup, when we, when we wait around for that right one to come along, we may be turning down the very opportunity we're looking for. So take the path, even if it means being a waitress for a while, even if it means, you know, grubbing around for a while. Do Take the path that's offered and see what it brings you. And if it turns out that that's not going to bring you what you want, try another path. But it, that's all about taking responsibility. And a big portion of life is experimentation, to be able to just go, okay, well, let's, let's see what this brings. And be open to what it brings. Okay, well, this bring this is bringing some misery. Well, I don't want to keep doing this, so I think I'll try another path. Or this is bringing me a little bit of what I want. Let me try this a little harder and see if I can get more of what I want. 
that's it's that's the willingness to be experimental with life instead of saying it has to fit into a rigid pattern that I've designed in my head or it's just bunk. It's not I'm not going to do anything that's not exactly like I thought it was supposed to be when it knocks on my door. Because one thing always leads to another. One thing always leads to another. So when we say that's hard, oh it would be hard to start off as a as a um a um backup singer so I'm not going to do that that's that's too hard I don't want to do that I want to I want to land in a lead singing position when we say it's hard what we're really saying is okay that's my handy excuse for not taking responsibility for my life um, and and so when when we think about the possibility of 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 doing what we want I said in the beginning that we we either feel bad about that or we feel like we are helpless before its enormity we either feel guilty that we shouldn't have what we want or we feel like it's just too big and we're just too small and we're just not going to be able to make it happen or sometimes a combination of both of those two things but when it's wrong what we feel like is that we're guilty for wanting anything and You'd be surprised if you if you don't feel guilty about a lot. You'd be surprised how many people live entire lives with this guilt hanging like the sword of Damocles hanging over their head. Like it's going to say, um, "I get to define your life. I get to tell you what you're going to do and what you're not going to do." And it really does rule them in that way, so that they feel like if they even ask themselves what they want, that they're bad for doing that. And that's part of an upbringing where where somebody wasn't taking responsibility and was giving it all to somebody else. And and we can absorb that kind of responsibility way early when we're a little bitty and, and not even know where that guilty response to all of life comes from. But what I can say to you is you're not even going to know whether or not it's wrong unless you investigate. And, and that willingness to investigate is a big part of taking responsibility for your life. You're not going to even know whether or not it's wrong for you to want until you investigate your wants. And what I find when I, when I say that to people is, okay, well, all right, I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to try something little and see if it's okay with me that I do this. And they might feel a little bit of guilt, but along with it, they feel this great, enormous peace that comes with, wow, I did that thing and it felt really good. I like that. Then they want to do it some more. So what they've done is they've gotten this internal reward for trying out trying to find out if guilt is really the final truth of their lives. And when we just investigate that a little, we get answers. Because the authentic self really wants to give us answers if we just ask the questions. When, we, when we're not willing to ask the questions, however, we're not really taking responsibility for our lives. Taking responsibility of, your li- of, of a person's life means asking questions, hard questions, Questions that really dig down into the meat of the matter and, and help us define something that's true and real and genuine in our lives. So ask those questions. Ask yourself what you want. Dare to ask yourself what you want. And then say, okay, well, I feel really guilty about wanting that. Allow yourself to feel that guilt. But then begin to say, okay, well, let me try a little experiment here and see if maybe this thing of guilt is really not is, is really the lie. Maybe guilt really is the lie in my life, and maybe the truth is that I can have what I want and be peaceful. On the other hand, the, the, the other side of that is we feel helpless before the enormity of what it is that we want. It just seems so big. I want to be 
president of the United States or I want to be, you know, the world's most prolific author, whatever. And and so we 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 put that out there and then we say, well, that's just not possible. It's not going to ever happen to me. I mean, who who do I get to be that I get to have that big old thing and other people don't? Well, if we start stepping in the right direction, take the little steps. Instead of looking at the big final goal, look at the little steps that lead there and take those. And then it won't feel so big and you won't feel so helpless in front of it. But it's still taking responsibility for your life. Take the little everyday steps that get you there, ultimately, to the place of, I have what I want in my life. And you will make your dreams come true, step by step by step. So that's how it works. We, how to get out of the game? Take responsibility for your life. That's how you get out of the game. So that's what we have for today. We're going to be back again next week. You want to be here for that? And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.